quite unusual. Hello, you are listening to the Quite Unusual Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Noelle. And this is the show where we talk about unusual things. Only if they're quite unusual. Only quite unusual things. Yeah. You know, things like Toby Maguire, like or Michael Keaton. What okay, wait, hold on. Those are my boyfriends. Um but who would win in a fight? Well, Obviously, it's going to be Michael Keaton because he's got nothing, nothing to lose. We need a Michael Keaton cutout. Oh, we do. Why don't we have one? Well, we have uh, Robert Pattinson slash, well, Edward Cullen. Edward. We also have a Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Why don't we have just like an actual Michael Keaton one? Do they make those, though? We. I will make one. I will fully send one to a printer <laughs> and have it made. Like Michael Keaton as Batman or just Michael Keaton on like a Michael Keaton Tuesday like afternoon? A, yeah, I want Tuesday afternoon Michael Tuesday Keaton. Tuesday afternoon Michael Because that's the realest shit. That's when he really has nothing to lose. And every, a, everyone knows it. He's already had his breakfast. <laughs> he's already paid a parking ticket. Yeah. He doesn't give a single fuck. Zero fucks are given. Can I say fuck in the intro? Is it too early to swear? Um, I'm pretty sure we've opened episodes by saying that before. Fuck. We've just been like, fucking welcome to Quite Unusual. <laughs> yeah, remember that week when we changed it to fucking unusual? That was a weird... <laughs> fucking unusual. <laughs> yeah. No. It's pretty good. I don't. Well, anyways, we are finally back after a week off. Yeah, we've been taking a lot of time off, bro. Well, you know what? It's the, it's the fucking summer. Hot girl summer. We're out doing hot girl shit doing unusual shit but really we're just people on vacation and we don't have time to record an episode but we're back we're back for the foreseeable future until one of us goes on vacation again that's why i said foreseeable is probably going to happen again sometime in the next month or so we'll find out you guys are you'll you'll see you'll just have to see it's a surprise for us too surprise Speaking of Shalila Papono, uh-huh. um, everyone probably thinks we're really weird for saying that, but no, it's fine. Those who know, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. That kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about <laughs> this week. Uh-huh. So this week, if you haven't read the title that you clicked on when you opened this episode, we are talking about seances. 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 Which leads me to my next question. Uh-huh. Did you, like yeah. probably every female listening to this, have seances at every sleepover when you were a young, a young child? Like 8 to 12 years old? Um, Not every sleepover, but I will tell you, every mm-hmm. single sleepover we did stiff as a board, light, light as a feather. I said light. that backwards. Light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a board. That was weird. Stiff as a board, light as a feather. Yeah. That's why I stumbled through it. I feel like that in itself is a seance. A little bit. And I remember this one time, um, this girl who will remain nameless. Name her now. Olivia. She, (laughs) (laughs) we did it so good. She hit her head on the, like the floor of my kitchen and she got hurt and she had to go home. She She was stiff as a board. Her spine broke and she was paralyzed for life. Paralyzed for life. Yeah. Ripped to her. She's also died from being so light as a feather. She floated (laughs) off into the ether. Her back was stiff as a board. (laughs) She 
It's been ever since. She had no body control. So, yeah, she hit her head and she had to go home early because wow. we did it so successfully. <laughs> did you really lift her with your two fingers or did you, everyone just kind of like muscle under her? No, actually, we did that thing um, where like you pretend like you're wrapping a rope around a person. Do you ever do that one? Yeah. You like start at like their feet and like yes. you wrap the rope around yes. and like we get to like your head and then like mm-hmm. you i'm gently pulling back i'm gently pulling back and she's like free falling <laughs> and she just like slammed her fucking head in the linoleum you guys like low-key hypnotized her yeah dude so hard she was so easily hypnotized shout out to olivia if you're Hip- listening hypnotized. that's your real name <laughs> <laughs> we won't say your last name or will we or don't tempt me can i guess i think i think i know who it you is you know it is you for sure do <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't say her last name. No, but I'll DM you later, girl. Anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, we did that. Did you do real seances? No, it was just like we would light a candle and then... Uh, can- yeah, like uh, Yankee candle. Yeah, yeah, definitely a Yankee candle <laughs> or two. Yankee candle? And then we tried to um, summon someone. So it was like, <laughs> whose grandfather has passed? And then someone would be like, my grandfather. And then we tried to summon that past relative you john edwards <laughs> yeah we totally did and yeah. obviously at all times at any sleepover i was the one leading it yeah dude i was that i was that girl it's so that. funny because we weren't friends in elementary school because we no. lived on like opposite sides of a very small city yeah so which is so lame and i wish we lived next to each other dude. because we like when we met it was like Exactly. <laughs> the heavens opened and it was like, this is meant to be. Cha, dude. So, yeah, I fucking wish, bro, I would have, like, embraced the strange with you. You b- would have been the creepy girl instead of, like, the one who cried. And then you knew, like, all right, well, we're not inviting Christy to any any sleepovers anymore ever again. Uh-huh. That's also a real name. Yeah. Christy, if you're listening, you suck. And you're never invited to any of my seance sleepovers ever again. Bam, bitch. That's right. Fuck you, Christy. Olivia, you can come because you're really good at being hypnotized. (laughs) Christy, you're out. We are getting off the fucking rails. Should we start? We should probably start our episode before somebody turns us off. I don't know why anyone would still be listening. We're just talking about our youth. It's a good. It's it's fine. Without further ado. Don't Don't worry about it. Seances. Whose part is it first? It's my part. Let's do it. You're lucky. All right. We're going to talk about seances today. If you haven't guessed by how many times we've said that word. Seance. I'm going to drink water because I'm lisping quite a bit here. Seance. Seance. (laughs) So if you haven't guessed, we're talking about seances. Seances. Which I think is one of the most interesting things in paranormal history. Mm -hmm. I'm so stoked for this episode. I like put, we were going to do a totally different topic. Well, not totally we different, but we oh, were yeah. going to. And then I pushed so hard for this. You didn't even push. You were just like, we're going to do this. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I usually ask because you're in charge. But <laughs> I was on vacation. And I was like, do whatever the fuck you want. And then we're doing it. We're doing it. I'm on a power trip. So, so hard. <laughs> let's go. All right. I know I always say that like things are the most interesting thing ever in the whole world. <laughs> And everything's my favorite. I feel like every time I say anything, I'm like, that's my favorite thing. But. But this is really your favorite thing. So every 
thing that you say is your favorite from this point on is a lot trash hot garbage fire no one cares this is my favorite thing nothing else matters in my life okay (laughs) okay plus we get to do that thing that i love so much where we talk about the excruciatingly humble and boring beginnings of something Mm. and i love getting into weird boring history yeah you love history and then i just love murder and gore and like really gross shit it's a really like opposites attract it's a really good relationship you know one of us really appreciates the history and then the other one of us is just like a psycho hose beast so yeah dude it's fine i'm I'm cool i'm cool with being a psycho hose beast i like the book you like the hook yes yes put on a fucking (laughs) t-shirt delightful let's go all right so let's get into what a seance is seance for those of you that don't know is a french word seance yes that's how you say it if you're doing a bad french accent Mm -hmm. the word means session which comes from the root word soir which means to sit so it very literally just means have a sit like sit down okay yeah when it's used in the english world it refers to the act of contacting the spirit world radically different right there well Sort of, because at a seance, you would sit, or we'll get into it. You sit around a table. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So it's sort of like, have a sit down, and then also, if you're free, talk to my dead uncle. Okay. Sort of. Sort of vague. Yeah. Well, that's literally what a seance is. You sit down, and you commune with spirits. Very broad. I know. (laughs) The term seance was originally used in Victorian England because they were obsessed with death. Yeah, they were. And therefore, I am obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. We should do a whole episode on mourning jewelry. Oh, my God. I'm so into it, dude. It's so fucked up. I love it. Yeah. So seances started in Victorian England, like, as we know them now, mm-hmm. to describe a gathering of people who usually sat in a circle around a central point or a table to commune with spirits. Modern seances don't require sitting. So... I feel like maybe we need, like, an updated term. Mm. But seance is kind of a cool word. So, say you will, say you will, <laughs> say you'll do a seance. We also need another all-girl pop band from Ireland. Oh, because yeah, Bewitched fucking slayed. They did slay. So hard. I lo- We're just, like, getting really, like, 90s right now. Yeah, and this is all about the 90s. Mm-hmm. This is a 90s seance episode. <laughs> yeah. So go put on your choker necklace or else. Your butterfly clips and your body glitter. Get I them want, all out. I want body glitter. Well. Should I get, like, really into body glitter? That feels yes. right for the rest of 2021. Yes. Yeah. Butterfly like, clips, body glitter, mm-hmm. chokers. Those little, like... Oh, oh, there's little, those little handkerchief that, handkerchiefs that go around your head. Oh, yeah. Apparently are making a comeback. What? Yeah. No. My cousin is a teacher for elementary school and for elementary school. And she said that it's totally a thing now. Because all of those children are being raised by our age group. Yes. And we would want to be children. Yes. So, yeah. Back to seances. To me, an alive girl, just... The way Jeff Bezos likes them. Mm. It seems natural that we would want to communicate with those who have died and moved on. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. No matter how much a person believes that they know what will happen after we die, none of us fucking do. Mm -hmm. Like, we want to. We have all, we have theories. Some of you may truly believe in things. But really, 
There is no way of knowing. No proof. Mm-mm. No proof. And of course, humans across centuries have been fascinated with the afterlife and checking in on the spirits of the dead, just like we are. Mm-hmm. So much so that in the Old Testament, that's right, I read the freaking Bible for you people. You did not read the Bible. I read the entire Bible for this one You read an excerpt. I read the whole Bible. You read a paragraph I Googled one thing. I Googled the words Bible and medium, and this is what came up. Okay. We'll take that. So God specifically forbids mediums in the Bible. Yeah, that well, tracks. Whoever wrote the Bible, you know, yeah, we're not going to get into the whole thing. Okay. So Leviticus 19.31. This was my favorite version of it because there's 10,000 versions of the Bible. So I'm reading it like this. <laughs> Turn ye not unto them that have familiar spirits, nor unto the wizards, semicolon. Seek them not out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your god end quote two things (laughs) one imagine naming a baby leviticus no there's never been a baby once in the history of the world that is named leviticus fucking imagine putting that on a library card leviticus 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 lanius think about it (laughs) hear me out hear me out you know what i'll i'll do it it's not i'll do it if i ever birth a child from my body i will do it yeah Leviticus Lanius might be the best option, actually. And number two, reading this stupid quote from the Bible makes me want to seek a wizard. I feel like the only person in the world that could be named Leviticus should be a wizard. Yeah. You know what else wizards are usually named? What? You shall call me Tim. (laughs) Tim or Leviticus. Those are the wizard names. Yeah, those are the only two that they can Uh be. Or Gandalf. Or Albus Dumbledore. But... There's like four There's wizard names. only four. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, what are you going to be like a wizard named Steve? No wizard no. has ever been named never. Steve. Never. Not like a baby has never been named Leviticus. Never one time. Until now, Leviticus Lanius the wizard. <laughs> so when I read in the Bible that you can't seek a medium or a wizard, it makes me want to. So good job, God. That was some sick reverse psychology. <laughs> that was his go all along was it yeah is the bible actually satirical text yes what yes it is. i will read it <laughs> we're making one person mad right now i'm so sorry person <laughs> you probably should listen to this podcast no go away most religions and cultures have a form of communication with the dead or with spirits or ancestors of some sort depending on who you're trying to chat to you know like who's up like what are you doing right now right mm-hmm. However, in Western society, the widespread practice of communicating with the dead really hit an all-time high during the English Victorian era, but like both in England and also the United States. Mm. So we're talking like a 19th century, 1800s situation. Yeah. And this is when we see it really become commercialized because we live in a capitalist society. Duh. Got to... The spiritualism movement was born in the 19th century, a time when the Western world was facing a genuine scientific discovery period, like the discovery of electricity. Mm. And the air was full of a revelation that the world is full of forces that exist, but cannot be seen with the naked eye. Like Edison was like, check out this electricity. 
flipped a switch, killed an elephant, and everyone was like, what? There's stuff that can kill elephants that we can't see. He's like, duh, let me go kill the Tesla coil or whatever he did. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He killed the Tesla coil? Well, I watched that movie, Tesla versus Edison or whatever, and I kind of got the gist of it, but I was drunk and then I fell asleep. So, But then you also didn't care? No, I don't. It was boring. I I don't care. I just don't. That's why I didn't watch it. No, like I like history, but like when you include science, it's... (laughs) If there isn't any blood or murder, I'm not in. I know, Tarantino. Tarantino. (laughs) So spiritualists believe that the dead actively try to communicate with the living to impart their knowledge, their ethics, and their morality onto us little alive fleshies. Like an overprotective mother telling you to take a jacket with you when you leave the home. Mm, That's kind of cute, though. It's kind of nice, right? I mean, they have the wisdom of life and death, so why not? At its heyday, more than 8 million Americans claim to believe in and practice spiritualism, which is a lot of people for the 1800s. Yeah, what, isn't that like everyone in the 1800s? Virtually. Okay. The spiritualism movement can be traced back to a very specific date, March 31st, 1848, to a small home in New York State and two girls called the Fox Sisters who claim that they could communicate with any spirit, anytime, like a fucking infomercial. Hell yeah, they were the first ones. That's right. And we will get much, much deeper into the actual practice of spiritualism when we do our episode on the Fox Sisters, which I think is coming out oh, next is week. it dumb? We don't really know. That's what, we were, that's what we were going to do, and then I booted it off the freaking roster yeah. for this well, one. Well, yeah, a little spoiler there for you guys. Oh, it's not a two-parter, but I would say it's a sweet for sure. It's a definite sweet. Oh, all day. Spiritualist communities popped up around the country, most famously Lilydale mm. in New York, which is still a happening place. There's also a place in Wisconsin that I just found out about. It's called Wanawak. Oh, yeah? And I really want to go to it, and it's just a camp, and I guess it's only in the summer. Mm-hmm. But it's a campground, and then all of these mediums and, like, spiritualists from around the world, they just come to this camp, they stay here for the summer, and you can go, and you can schedule readings. What? It's just, like, a collection of mediums that just all summer camp at this place. It's really cool. Is it going on right now? Yeah. I want to get, like, a legit reading. Yeah, it's it's going on right now. Every summer, I well, maybe not the COVID summer, but... Yeah. This summer, which is like kinda not COVID, but still COVID. Fuck no. No one really knows. Um get vaccinated, please. Anyways, it's happening right now, I think. I want to go to there. Yeah. Should we so, go? We should go, yeah. What are you doing next weekend? Nothing. Going to wanna walk? We are. Yes, we're doing it. I wanna walk to there. <laughs> oh my god. Generally speaking, there are different types of seances. The most common is a religious seance, which is literally any time a religious leader tries to talk to the dead. So prayer is also considered a seance in a way. Really? Mm-hmm. Weird. If you're praying specifically to like a dead relative or like an ancestor or like a saint, mm-hmm. it's technically a seance. Oh, okay, because you're, like, communicating with them. Right, so it's, like, a this weird, like, loophole where it's not demonic. Okay. Because, I don't know, it's sort of, like, a gray area, a seance is, in, in like, the Christian religious world. Mm-hmm. I read, like, 
a thousand articles on it and then I just had to stop because honestly it was boring and it was saying the same thing over and over again. But didn't God say not to do them though? He said the... no wizards oh. of Waverly Place. But seances are cool. Yeah, it's chill. <laughs> like you can have <laughs> Selena Gomez, but no wizards of Waverly Place. But she is the wizard of Wiz- okay, Waverly but Place. But Slogo is cool. <laughs> wizards are no go. Slogo not a no-go okay. is how you remember that according that's also in the bible slogo that's, is not a no-go but wizards are mm-hmm. that's leviticus 28 colon 13 okay if i remember correctly 28 13 leviticus. i didn't read the okay. entire bible earlier so mm, right. i believe that's what it was right right spiritualism is considered a real religion it's technically called the divine metaphysics not spiritualism that's like a nickname for it mm, okay and it is actually a federally recognized religion, which means no taxes, baby. Woohoo! Should we turn the attic into a spiritualist church so we don't have to pay property tax? Yeah. I think we should. The church is quite unusual. <gasps> and the cult begins. <laughs> it is generally a part of services to communicate with living personalities in the spirit world. Usually, this is only called a seance by outsiders. The preferred term for spiritualists is, quote, receiving messages. At the same time spiritualism was taking off in Victorian England and America, espiritismo was taking off in Latin America. I also sort of have like a third party story about espiritismo. What? So it's not really my story. And the person that told me, it's not really her story. Okay. So this is a game of telephone, but we still want to hear it. But it's her mom's story. Okay. okay. So I feel like that's... We'll take, we'll take it. Okay. Yeah, pass down. So I've talked about this woman before. She shall not be named. But she's from Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And she told me that her mom was super into spiritualism. And it's like, I guess Ecuador has like this like electricity to it. Ooh. Where like, it fucking feels haunted. Like, you go there, and it's, like, in your fucking bones, dude. I need to go there so bad. I want to go so bad. So her mom was super into spiritualism, Mm -hmm. super. She'd, like, go to seances and shit. Yeah. And she said one time she went when she was a young girl, and she saw a chair fly across the room and shatter on the ceiling because they channeled a powerful spirit, and he was angry. Oh, wow. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, dude, she had so many amazing stories like that. Like, her family owned this weird home that was, like, part of it was built in, like, the 1300s or something. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, part of the house felt evil. I don't know. Dude, there's so many cool stories. But anyway, so that's my third-party story that there was, like, a... Like, the chair was, like, levitating, and there was a spirit sitting in it. So she had... This woman had been to seances. Oh, yeah. Like, tons of them. (gasps) Yeah. And her mom was, like, a medium, like, to the extreme. Like, a not maybe not even a medium. Maybe, like, an extra large, like, honestly, at this point. (laughs) And, like, the chair was, like, levitating. And there was, like, a spirit in it. And then it just got angry. And it shattered against the ceiling. Damn. And she said she'll never. She's like, I could picture it. I'll never forget it. Yeah, how are you going to forget something like that? You could never forget that. Oh, yeah. I forgot when that happened. (laughs) So, I don't know. I have a lot of cool stories, but I feel like they're not 100% mine to tell because, you know, it's like I heard it from her and, like, her mama told her. Yeah. So, 
Like I said, the game of telephone. We should just go to Ecuador, actually. Hell yeah, I'd so be down for that. Let's go to there. Let's do it. Religious seances usually take place in churches or small group settings. But a stage seance, a la crossing over with John Edwards, which we just <laughs> talked about a minute ago. John Edwards. I love that show so much. Is it what still about on? the Long Island medium? I fucking love her and her nails and her hair. I've seen her live once before. Are you was it a wig? Could you tell? Um, it looked real, but okay. my mom got the tickets because I don't know, she likes watched it i don't know <laughs> i just jumped along because my mom's like do you want to go and i was like are you paying for the tickets and she was like yes and i was like then yes i want to go yeah it was interesting really um i would say half of it was like her consoling women who were crying trying to just like grasp at whatever she was saying to, oh like, yeah dude you're talking about my son you know uh-huh. and the other half of it was like that's kind of weird yeah but yeah she was very i mean Long Islandy. Oh, I love the accent with her nails and oh. the hair. Yeah, I love, love it, it so much. I want to go. It was fun. It we was should, definitely a fun time. We should make going to daytime television like our thing. <laughs> if we got Jerry Springer in Chicago, is he still running? I don't think so. I don't think so. Damn. Well, we went to chance. Oprah. We got that name. <laughs> That's like the OG. Yeah, dude. OG Opes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we should just hit them all up. Honestly. Yeah. For sure. Let's just like make this our like bucket list, but it's only daytime TV shows. We got we got to go to like Judge Judy or Judge Mathis. Yeah. That's a Chicago thing. Oh yeah. I also want to go to Wendy Williams because she's unhinged. Oh, I love her though. She's fucked. Dude. She is unhinged. <laughs> Fucking love her style. She's so fucked. Yeah. All right. Back to our daytime television yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Which is all audio. You're welcome. You don't want to see mm. this. Trust yeah. me. So a show like Crossing Over with John Edwards. <laughs> takes place in front of hundreds or sometimes thousands of people like if you're a long island medium yeah right Mm -hmm. so you sort of think of it like you're in an auditorium and then there's this man with a tiny microphone headset right (laughs) in his face you gotta have one definitely has highlighted hair you can't be a medium and not have highlighted hair i think it's illegal it's illegal yeah in the united states of america definitely a manicure 100 percent He's got, like, a base tan, too. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, he goes in, like, the tanning booth. Like, it's not even a spray tan. He is no. fake bacon all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has, like, the little, like, um, Playboy bunny sticker that he puts on his <laughs> hip. <laughs> like we all did in 2008. No, he's got the weed leaf. The weed one. Because oh, yeah. it's 2021 and everyone smokes weed. So. Oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, this man with a little weed... <laughs> tan line says i'm i'm getting a message from a, a person whose whose name starts with a d and then a woman stands up and she yells something like my husband's name was peter <laughs> yeah dude totally and then the dude with the microphone's like did i say d <laughs> i meant p you're right peter i'm i'm channeling peter he's with me now and <laughs> It's just like he totally rolls with it. And oh, totally. They totally do that, though. That's he, a definitely the thing. Yeah, and it's just like so on and so forth. So that's what stage seances are. It's this whole big production, sort of like um, faith healing, almost if you will, like yeah, Jim Jones style. Jim Jones. Yeah, like you just yeah. like grasp at straws and throw it out there, and then some bitch is like, yeah, you take like the yeah. social cues from the people around yeah. you, and especially the ones who are there wanting. Oh yeah, yeah. To like, hear a message, like you can basically just tell them whatever the f you want. Like and, a grieving widow. Yeah, you're like I'm channeling a 
someone with a D. She's like, I know someone with a P. And he just rolls with it. And yeah. no one notices. And she was like, my husband's best friend's name was Daniel. Could that be it? My husband passed. And he's like, yep, that's it. It's your that's husband. That's totally it. I'm talking to your husband. 100%. <laughs> so there's this type of stage seance, which I'm very into because I love anything theatrical and mm-hmm. just like totally for consumption. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the DIY seance where it's like you and your boys and like a bottle of like, what are we drinking? Arbor Mist Peach Moscato. <laughs> Totally. And then you go to town with a Ouija board or like a pendulum and you ask like, is anyone here with us today? And then you definitely forget to close this otherworldly door that you opened. And then you're just bam in the plot of The Exorcist and it takes over your summer between junior and senior year of high school. (laughs) And you're just super haunted, but you're also full of Arbor Mist Peach Moscato. So life is fine. It sounds like a pretty good summer to me, though. I got nothing else going you know? on. Might as well. Something yeah. to do, for sure. Yeah. So we got a DIY seance, which we'll talk about a little bit later on the tools to use one of those, I guess. And then there's a leader-assisted seance, which is probably the most, I would say, common like seance that we're going to talk about. Yeah, the seance, probably when you think of a seance in a movie, that's Uh what comes to mind. Yeah, like straight up conjuring stuff here. Yeah. So there's one leader, usually a medium, and they lead a group of normies through (laughs) rituals that allow communication with those that have moved on, which Nicole will enlighten us on how one of these leader-assisted seances work. Okay, so before I get into this part of the episode, I want to just inform everyone that there is, in fact, a wiki how on how to perform a seance. So there's that. It exists. Well, wiki how has never failed me before. not once. So should we follow their directions closely and hold a seance? Yeah. I mean, this isn't taken directly from wiki how, but I'm not going to lie. I did read the wiki how. Do you got to. It's all about the <laughs> diagrams where they're like green and tan. They're so good. I love them so, so much. Good. Yeah. If I ever die, mm. I want my obituary to be presented in wiki how form. With like the weird drawn people too. They always yeah. have really bad noses. No, the guy who draws draws those does not know how to draw noses in no. the wiki house. Or it's his own personal style. What if that's mm. what his nose looks like? Mm. And he's trying to emulate himself in his artwork. He's trying to make it a normal thing because he's really self-conscious about yeah. his nose. But... So there's 50,000 <laughs> WikiHow articles with his nose. Trying to normalize his nose. Yeah, and everyone's like, this is a really weird nose. And he's getting more self-conscious. It's like, it's not weird. Look at everyone on this WikiHow has it. <laughs> everyone that I've drawn has it. So it's not weird, okay? All right, so let's get into it. Seances are generally attended by people who wish to contact the dead. Duh. Usually, it's someone wanting to contact a loved one who has passed to the afterlife. People typically try to summon or contact their loved ones if it was a sudden death or maybe a murder, or really if you just have some questions you need answered. Like, what's going on in the afterlife? Mm. Like, I don't know what's going to happen on, like, the next episode of Unsolved Mysteries, even though you've watched all of them because they're not really making new ones, but it's like a comfort show for you. Could also just be like, you up? You know, that classic text. Hey. They're just like, hey, dot, dot, dot. Hey. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> hey. At three in the morning. Whatever you want. Yeah, dude. I'm not here to judge. Performing seances also provides some comfort to those seeking it after a loved one has passed. If you are able to contact a loved one after they have passed, then you have proof that there is an afterlife and that you may one day see them again. Which we all want to know. Yes. Yes. I want to know. So bad. Typically, a seance will be performed in a dimly lit room. For the mood. Totally for the mood. You know, to really set the right atmosphere. I mean, everyone knows ghosts are afraid of the light. Yes. Because, I mean, I'm... Everything, every time I see something, they always have to turn the lights off. Oh, yeah. Like, in every show, it's like, we need the lights off. They're... Why can't ghosts haunt in the light? Well, okay. I have to say this as a person that lives in a haunted house. And also, this is just true of a lot of things in life. Mm -hmm. If a house is haunted at night, it is haunted during During the day. day. It's 100% true. Yeah, but I don't understand why all these shows and whatnot, they always have to do it at nighttime. I'm afraid of the dark. I don't get it. I'm a 30-year-old woman, and I'm admitting this to thousands of people right now. I think everyone's afraid of the dark. You never grow out of that. I'm afraid of the gathering darkness. (laughs) Anyways, you want to make sure that the mood is right, so remove any and all distractions from the room, like loud electronics or something that may go off in the middle of your seance. Also, they suggest getting rid of anything that is distracting, like loud artwork. And I'm not really sure what that would entail. Like, uh, should I turn off this Miller Lite neon sign? Or can we keep it on? Because it's fucking Miller time, baby. (laughs) It's always Miller time. But, I mean, you should probably turn it off for the seance. It's still Miller time, but it's seance time now. Whatever. Basically, what you want to do is create an inviting atmosphere for the spirit that you're trying to contact. Because... If you think about it, the spirit was once a human, and what human is going to want to be summoned into a room with, like, 17 Miller Lite neon signs surrounding them? Yeah, dude, what if they were, like, a Bud Heavy guy? They're not going (laughs) to want to go into a Miller room. This is a Coors Light ghost, and he's he's not about it. A seance doesn't have to be conducted in a haunted house, or really even in a haunted place at all. It doesn't hurt to be a haunted room or a haunted house, but what you're doing here is basically just summoning a spirit. So you're bringing it wherever you are. A la Beetlejuice. Exactly. Although technically that house was haunted. Well, yes. Bad example. (laughs) Sorry. Strike it from the record. It is struck. What you can do, though, is hold it in an area that means something to the person you're trying to contact. So whether it be their home or maybe a special place they loved once when they were alive, if you want to make them comfortable, try to summon them into a place that they know. Yeah, like if your dad spent a lot of time in the bathroom, (laughs) maybe consider having your seance in the bathroom. Around the toilet. Mm Mm-hmm. It's also good to have people around you that believe in the seance and actually believe that ghosts exist. Skeptics tend to weaken the energy and make it harder for spirits to come through. That doesn't mean that it still can't happen, though. It just might not be as powerful as if everyone were just really into it. Also, people who are afraid can weaken the seance, which is something that I read. Really? And I don't 
really know if I believe that because you would think it would be the opposite because, I mean, fear is a very strong emotion and energy. We were just talking about this. Yeah, and you would think it would help ghosts manifest, but I don't know. Maybe the ghost feels also afraid. Maybe, actually. But typically, rule of thumb is to have three people or more in a seance. So basically what you want is you want a medium and then have at least two sitters who believe and who truly want to contact so they can help strengthen the energy to summon the spirit. Typically, a seance is led by a medium or someone who has a connection to the spiritual world and who is able to communicate with it. Or a 12-year-old girl at a sleepover who thinks she's a witch and can summon this spirit with her friends, a.k.a. me as a child. Yeah, dude, you made hard eye contact when you were like, or a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> I was like, I know, dude. Or me. It was you. It was me. The medium will lead the seance, sometimes even going into a trance-like state to allow whoever they are trying to communicate to take control of their body and allow the spirit to speak through them. This is also known as channeling. I am terrified of this. <laughs> if you guys did not know, I fully believe in ghosts and I am also terrified of ghosts. Well, when a medium channels a spirit, they allow the spirit nope. to use their living bodies. Nope. It's not a possession, though. I don't like it. However, because the medium is letting the spirit channel through them, it is consensual. And typically the medium is very well versed in the act and has the strength to dispel this energy when they're done. As long as it's consensual, the spirit can come wherever it wants. It The spirit's going to come wherever it wants if it's consensual. <laughs> We've probably all seen this scenario in a movie, you know. The medium suddenly has a different voice. It sounds as if someone else is speaking through their body. <laughs> Another common thing is for the channeler to start off by asking the spirit for a sign. You know, the, is there anyone here with us this evening? If so, please give us three knocks on the table. <gasps> Did you hear that? What that? <laughs> I'm picturing... You. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're channeling a spirit. Right. Okay. It comes through you. And it has the harshest Chicago accent <laughs> I have ever heard in my entire life. And that's why I giggled earlier because that's what I pictured. Why did you picture a Chicago accent? I don't know. I pictured like like that SNL skit where it's like, dog bears. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like this giant hulking man channeling through you. Smoking a cigar and yeah. drinking a beer. Like asking about Choking like Max on sausage. Yeah, like Maxwell Street Polish. <laughs> He's like, why aren't you eating any of these? And I don't know why, but when you said voice change, it's just what I pictured. Well, okay, then we'll go with it. Our spirit that we're trying to channel in this episode is a diehard Chicago Bears fan. And his name is probably Mark. Totally. It's definitely it's totally Mark. Mark. Yeah. And he's a he's a Miller guy. Totally. You have to be. You got, From Chicago? Got to. Got to. It's also best to have questions prepared ahead of time because you don't know how long the spirit is going to be there for. And it's also best to just have yes or no questions because that way you can say one knock for yes, two knocks for no. How many knocks for Chicago Bears? 
you don't get a knock and you just hear da bears. Oh shit, that'd be so scary. <laughs> Imagine a ghost. Or Ditka. I'd be so scary. Imagine a ghost, then instead of being like, it's like da bears. Da bears. Da bears. <laughs> that'd be so scary. It would be. Some mediums may also start the seance by inviting a positive energy to enter the space and only a positive energy because obviously you don't want to channel fucking Pazuzu because <laughs> he's not going to leave. No, he's there to stay. That dude is known for overstaying his welcome. Just ask Reagan. Candles are a must. They help attract the spirits and guide them to you. Preferably Yankee. White candles are great. It's pretty much just a basic color. And if you don't have a specific color of candle, white's always a go-to. Purple candles can help with your intuition and psychic powers. So also a great color to use in a seance. Blue candles are pretty great to use because they help enhance communication and clarity. And they're also used for protection. Mm. Some people freak out over using black candles because they associate black magic with black candles. But that's just completely stupid and extremely ignorant. Black candles can actually be used for protection and used to ward off any negativity during your seance. I trust you with all of this information because I 100% <laughs> believe you know what you're talking about. I right went now. into my witch books for this one, guys. So. Did you? Yeah. Real literature? Real literature. Wow. Wasn't just Wikipedia. Incense are also another thing you can use to try to set the vibe for your seance. So scents like frankincense, mugwort, and mint, which are both great herbs to burn when trying to communicate or enhance your ability to communicate with the spiritual realm. It is also helpful to have a picture of the person you are trying to contact and or a personal item that belonged to them or something that meant a lot to them to try to like gather their energy to you. So now I'm picturing a picture of Mark in a bear's frame. Okay. <laughs> and then like a signed football. Ditka definitely signed it. Oh, definitely. And, like, the fridge also signed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe, like, a Super Bowl shuffle, like, cassette tape. (laughs) Yes. Once you have all of those things, you also may want to have some tools to help you communicate with your loved one who has passed. There are several different tools you can use to help open communication with the spirit realm. And I think Noelle knows all about that. So would you enlighten us? Oh, I will. To be completely honest with you, this whole next bit, like the tools of a seance, is the entire reason I wanted to do this episode. Oh. Yeah. I wanted to do a full episode on Ouija, but it just, it got, here we are, man. That's a, yeah. I don't know how we do a full hour and a half episode on that. I think we could have. We could have, yeah. Probably. Totally. We talk a lot about, like, Mark and the bears and stuff. So yeah, I th- there'd yeah, be we, a lot of filler. We could have <laughs> filled it, but there's a lot more than just Ouija to Tools of a Seance. So you're all probably familiar with the Ouija board, mm. right? Yes. Ouija is a brand name of a larger idea called the Talking Board or a Spirit Board. And when we were in Salem, Massachusetts, which was my favorite vacation yes. of all vacations. Oh, go If you're a spooky girl, go to Salem. Go to there and invite us. If you're a spooky boy, 
if you're a spooky person if you're a spooky go. dude in the non-gendered sense yeah go to there you will not regret it definitely not we went to this amazing museum called the Salem Witchboard oh. Museum. It was so good. And we so chatted. Cool. Yeah, we chatted to the owner. It was like behind like a retail store. I don't know. It was such a weird like, yeah. little space. Yeah. But it was absolutely delightful. So highly recommend if anyone goes to Salem. It's just super cool. It's like rooms full of hundreds of these talking boards. Yeah. Didn't he have like, it, I can't remember if he said he has like the biggest collection of Ouija boards in the country or I something? thought so. I think he does. Yeah. yeah. It was really, really cool. So anyways, a talking board is literally a flat board marked with letters of the alphabet and numbers zero through nine. Usually has the word yes and the word no. Sometimes it also says hello and goodbye. And then also sometimes there's like fun little symbols for like a curb appeal and just like maximum spooky vibes going on like Like a sun and a moon or something yeah like a middle finger and a poop emoji like whatever man (laughs) whatever's going on so to use the board participants place fingers lightly on a device called a planchette which is it's basically like a little pointer i feel like 99 percent of the people listening to this know what a planchette is but for the one the one person that doesn't get it the one person who got it uh offended when we were making that joke about the bible yeah but they're still listening for some reason like at this point they're hate listening to us and they're gonna leave such a bad review on itunes yeah totally but we'll own it it's fun do what you do man yeah i support you either way support it so a planchette for the person that doesn't understand what that is (laughs) it's like a little pointer like the cursor on a mouse if you will so a planchette, it's usually heart-shaped. I don't know why. I Googled it to death. Cannot find why it's heart-shaped. Probably just for flavor. Just like the little point, maybe? Yeah, it's kind of cute. And the back is like a little butt, you know, yeah. little peach action. So a planchette, you put your fingers on it lightly, and then you move it around. Well, the spirits move it around the board, mm. and they spell words and deliver messages through the spirit world. The first instance of a talking board that looked like how we would describe one now started cropping up in spiritual communities in 1886. Then a few years later, a businessman named Charles Kennard from Baltimore, Maryland, where all the good businessmen come from. Like, let's be honest, right? Especially if your last name is Kennard. Kennard. He decided to capitalize on the idea and mass produce a talking board for every home in America. Along with four other dudes, the Canard Novelty Company was formed with the exclusive intent to produce and sell talking boards. None of the men were into spiritualism or really believed in any of this shit, but they did believe in making that sweet, sweet bread. Yum. Elijah Bond had a sister-in-law he described as a, quote, strong medium. Her name is Helen Peters. Was Helen Peters? I don't know if she's still alive. If she's not, we'll channel her later, okay? Mm, Yes, we will. So our girl Helen suggested that they let the board decide what it should be named. Okay. I like where this is going. So they're all sitting around a table, and they ask the board what it should be called. And the planchette starts moving, like, super rapidly. 
maybe like a fire starts in like the fireplace that they didn't know. I don't know. I just made that part up, but it's flavor, right? So this, this planchette's moving around. It's like Helen and then these four like tight knit little like suit wearing businessmen. Mm-hmm. And it spells out O-U-I-J-A. So they say, what does that mean? And the board replies, good luck. So they named it Ouija because of that? Yeah, dude. How dope is that? They're like, what should we call you? And it spells out Ouija. And they say, what does Ouija mean? And it says, good luck. And then doesn't move again. What if it was just like trying to prank them and wrote something ridiculous? Yeah. Like dick cheese or something. I was just going to say dick. (laughs) Were you going to say cheese afterwards? No, but I do love cheese. Would they have named it that? Maybe. Maybe they would (laughs) have. Maybe they would have made it sound French and been like, dick cheese. Dick cheese. Fromage de dick. (laughs) Dick cheese. Yeah, dick cheese is what they would have called it. The dick cheese board for all children in doesn't america doesn't have the same ring to it though as ouija no it's a little <laughs> off a little bit yeah there's just something there that's not right for i mean me. i can't I really tell it. what it is but, no you know but it's fine some people might love it yeah yeah totally so this yes. is a, like a super dope story right like the board named itself ouija that's pretty cool yeah i will say that but there's one hang up helen peters was wearing a locket and inside oh. the locket was a picture of a famous novelist, her favorite novelist, whose name was Oida. O-U-I-D-A. So some people think that Ouija is just the misread form of Oida. And all the businessmen were like, that's a dope name. Let's just use that. But they were dumb, so they wrote it down wrong. So they were thinking that maybe she had pushed the board to say that? Possibly. Okay. Or maybe they're like... It just happened? Hey, Helen, cool necklace. And she's like, thanks, it's this lady named Oida. And they're like, her name's Ouija? Great. <laughs> <laughs> it is settled then. It is settled. Decided. Over time, though, the name origins have shifted a little bit. One of the original founders, whose name was William Fold, Claims that Ouija is an ancient Egyptian word, which means good luck. Well, it said good luck afterwards, too, right? It did, but I Googled it, and there's, like, no ancient Egyptian equivalent to good luck. (laughs) So I couldn't find anything, so it sounds made up. So William Fold is full of shit. He's full of shit. Fold of shit. Uh Uh-huh. He also said that the name comes from the combination of the French word oui, which means yes, Mm. and the German word ja, which also means yes, because okay. the board was like, yes, 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 yes. And having a really great time. So they called it Ouija. Okay. William Fold eventually took control of the company, and he started telling people that he invented the Ouija board. Mm, okay. Which is sort of fun, but like in a dick way. Well, he also made up and said that it was an Egyptian word, so we can't really trust him. Yeah, he's like all over the place. Yeah. One more fun Ouija fact, though, that I have that I wanted to read here is that an estimated 20 million Americans have played with the Ouija board in their lifetime uh, since it was yeah. commercially invented. I've played with the Ouija board. Which actually, now that I think about it, 20 million Americans doesn't seem like that many people. It seems like it should be a lot higher than that. How many people live in America right now? 
I couldn't even tell you that, but I feel like a lot more have played that game. Um, can I look this up really quick? Okay. 328 million people live in America right now. Are you shitting me? Okay, so like this is a really stupid stat and I wish I didn't say it because now 20 million people doesn't seem like a lot of people. No, there's definitely more people that have played with a Ouija board yeah. once in their lifetime. Are I'm going to go off script here and say that a minimum of... 100 million. A minimum, dude. Yeah. Like a minimum of yeah. 100 million people. Yes. But that was totally made up, so we have no <laughs> way to know that. We are a statistics podcast now, so... Yes. Fuck geography. We're all about hope, stats. Hope you fucking like it. Made up stats. You're welcome. This is the first time we've openly lied on the show. <laughs> well, all the other lies were secret. Uh, the precursor to the talking board is the turning table, which is my personal favorite tool of the seance. I am obsessed with this whole turning table thing. Well, tell us more. Oh, they're so cool. And they're so scary. And I kind of want one, but I'm also kind of scared of them. And I feel like maybe we should get one for the haunted attic. We're going to get one. No, I don't want to get one. I'm so scared. I'll get one. I don't want one. Please don't put one up here. Okay, do it, though. You should do it. I'm so scared. So as Nicole said earlier, in a traditional seance, everyone sits around a table to commune with spirits. Right. So this was the table. It's called the turning table or table tilting or table moving. So this was the table that everyone sat around. It was called a turning table or sometimes a tilting table or it was just called table moving as a general description. So basically it was a table that moved or tilted or turned. Yeah. So like think of a table. Okay. Got it. But it does also other stuff. Like moves slightly. <laughs> or turn a little bit. Or like tilts. Just a little bit. When it wants to. Got it. This was popularized by the Fox sisters, which I just want to tease again because I'm so stoked to talk about them. And I feel like I keep bringing them up and hyping it up. And it's going to be a terrible episode because no, I keep bringing it up. Never. It's going to be so cool. I can't wait. I also found a very, very cool pamphlet from 1853. That's titled Practical Instructions in Table Moving. Oh, so they just like outright said this is a fake and we're not pretending it's even ghosts? No, no, no. It is ghosts, but this is how you commune with ghosts according oh, to this This is pamphlet. how you get your table moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like okay. you have a regular table, but how do we shake things up a little bit? <laughs> so this was a guide for mediums or anyone that wanted to use a table in a seance. To tilt, yeah. Correct. So the author, who is only named as, quote, a physician. Ominous. He goes on detailing the optimum conditions needed for a successful session of table turning. His experiments brought him the conclusion that a person with, quote, a nervous constitution coinciding with a perfect state of health is most favorable to table moving. So you got to be super nervous, but also physically healthy Mm. so like you fucked up upstairs but you're solid downstairs all right okay he also suggests a mix of genders as quote the exquisite sensibility of a woman joined with the strong will of a man constitutes one of the most favorable circumstances 
for the rapid manifestation of the phenomenon. So it's like you have to have like a mix of people, right? Of all basically like believers of all backgrounds for a spirit to come in swiftly and like tilt your table all over the place. Okay. The physician author also suggests that the phenomenon works as a result of a quote, fluid not yet discovered by science. Well, I mean, yeah. And then it cannot be compared to either electricity nor terrestrial magnetization. So basically, he's trying to use science words to be like, a ghost is moving this shit. But we don't know why. Exactly. And then he goes on to say, from a practical perspective, he cautions that partaking in table turning is not without its dangers, as formerly inanimate furniture has sometimes fallen on the feet of participants or been physically propelled across the room and made ladies faint. So, I don't know. I'm just, like, super into, like, this old literature stuff. And it was just super cool to read how this guy basically tried to use science to describe how this is 100% real. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, I, I picture him with, like, a mustache. And he's, like. But then he also was, like, we don't know. Right. Because <laughs> because it's, like, at this time in America, like, this turn of a century where they're just kind of discovering, like, our modern science. Mm-hmm. And trying to also, like, make that mesh together with the spirit world. Right. And describe it in a way that people understand. So, basically, what he's describing is this turning table, which is a table that has a wobbly top. So, it's usually round, usually has three legs or an odd number of legs. I don't know why. Because then it will tilt and wobble more possibly yeah. yeah so everyone puts their fingertips on it while a spirit is channeled so not unlike a ouija board mm-hmm. so you put just like your fingertips really lightly and then the table moves around depending on the answers that it receives so you ask a question and it tilts like forward and backward yes or no like whatever right it's tilting around also sometimes the table jumps up in the air Is that because of a ghost or is this explained away by science? Both. So they are saying that a science, a science, they're saying a science comes in. So they're saying that a spirit is like, it's electricity moves this table. Okay. Yeah. And you're channeling it through your little fingertips, right? Mm, With the help of only three legs. Correct. On the table. (laughs) Yeah. That also definitely helps. Also, answers can come in the form of knocks or taps on the table. So, like, for example, one knock is a yes, two knocks is a no. And then in the end of the guide, they describe something similar to what I would say is like a turn-of-the-century wiki how, if you will. So I'm obsessed with it, and I just have to read this part. So the materials that are required for doing this at home, if anyone wants to do it, is one small to medium-sized wooden table, two or more friends, four to five people is optimum, one quiet room with dimmed lights for definitely a vibe, right? Gotta set the atmosphere. One sense of adventure slash open mind. And then the method is that you sit around the table, you all place your fingers spread on the table, you ensure that the room is quiet, You concentrate your mind on the answers that you seek from the, quote, other world. Ask the spirits a question. You wait 
and then the spirits should move or tilt the table. The tilting and moving should address the questions asked. So that's like a user guide. (laughs) Additionally, sometimes pendulums were used. The use of a pendulum is called dactylomancy, which comes from the Greek word for finger. So it's sort of like if you're pointing a finger at the answer of something. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with any of this, basically a pendulum is a heavy thing on a string or a chain. So you hold the string or the chain and you let the heavy object hang down and you use it for divination, much like you would a planchette for a Ouija board. To make a pendulum, traditionally a ring was used or something that's very, very personal to the person that you were trying to channel or the channeler themselves. So if you're mm. trying to talk to your dead husband, you use his wedding ring. Oh, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. This could also be like a pocket watch or a pendant necklace or I don't know, like um, like a ball of someone's favorite type of cheese. Like maybe you form it around like a string. Ah, yes. Pendulum it, cheese. Something something that they love. It's like whatever, dick cheese, pendulum cheese, whatever you got going on, yeah. man, you're going to use. <laughs> you got to yeah. use it. Anything that has weight can be used as a pendulum. Anything can be a pendulum. Uh-huh. If you try anything hard enough. Anything can be a pendulum. If you try hard enough, anything can be a pendulum. Okay. All right. I will accept it. We'll accept it. There's a lot of ways that you can use this anything pendulum. <laughs> The most basic is a right to left, forward, or backward method of swinging, which I know you've done. I know I've done. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try to describe this, but I don't know. Just picture it. Imagine you're holding the top of a pendulum string. The pendulum must be perfectly still when you ask the first question. And you tell the spirit that you're communing with that the pendulum swinging right to left means yes, and then back to forth means no, like towards you or away from you, right? Mm-hmm. Then you reset between each question and you ask a yes or no question. The spirit channels through you through the pendulum as a way to answer. You can also do a much more complicated way where you have sort of like a Ouija board style thing. Pendulum board, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're holding the pendulum in front of an arc of letters and numbers, and then it spells out words one letter at a time. So, for example, like the pendulum, like you reset it, you're holding it at the top of the string and it swings to a D and then so you write the D down and then maybe it moves to an I and it's swinging like back and fro, like like towards you and then away from you and it's sort of moving and it goes over to the C. So you're writing all the letters down and then. I don't know, maybe it like makes like a hard move to a K, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah so like right. you take like whatever whatever that word would spell and you write that down. D-I-C. And then that's what the spirit was trying to communicate to yeah, you. It's, mm, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then also an extremely complicated way of using I I don't I like don't even want I don't even want to describe it because it's so complicated and it's so stupid. What? What are you trying to describe? So this is going to be super hard to understand, or it was for me. I read this like 13 times, this article. <laughs> 13? That's my lucky number. I know. All right. Well, you know what? We're just going to do it. Okay. Do it. I'm going to read it. Hit us. It's going to be so hard to understand. Okay. And, you know, actually, if you don't want to hear it, skip forward like an entire no, minute. Everyone wants to hear it. Okay. I mean, if you want to hear me fail, um, definitely everyone. listen. I mean, <laughs> everyone loves to hear everyone fail. It's like a thing. What do you mean, Dad? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> okay, here goes nothing. So in the Middle Ages, dactylomancy was used 
was used with a ring suspended over a circular table marked with the symbols of the zodiac and also 78 metal discs inscribed with a letter of the alphabet. Okay. For some reason, each letter was given three discs. It was like, this is what you did. Because <laughs> let's make it super confusing. <laughs> a lot of options. So the string is holding a ring, and then the string was lit on fire. And the letter that the ring rolled to after it fell off of this flaming string was written down to form the answer to the question. So you have to burn the string each time every, you want a letter? Every single letter. Wow. Yeah. How because, long did this stay? Oh my God, forever, I'm sure. Additionally, because it's not hard enough to retie a string for every letter in the word dick or whatever, <laughs> the metal of the ring also had to be made out of something very specific according to the day of the week or the spirits would get angry and either fuck with you and give you wrong answers or not help you at all okay do you want me to read the medals to the days of the week yeah please do this is turning up to be really complicated it's that's what i'm saying i didn't even want to read it but research needs to be read research monday had to be silver because it represented the moon okay Tuesday had to be iron because it represented Mars. Wednesday obviously has to be tin because it represents Mercury, right? Mm-hmm. Thursday, also tin, which represents Jupiter. So tin represents Mercury and Jupiter? Depending on the day of the week, I guess. That's extremely confusing. Friday, copper. Why? Represents Venus. Saturday, lead. Represents Saturn and also poisons you. Sunday, gold, to represent the sun. Also, the person that was using the pendulum had to be dressed from head to toe in a single sheet of cloth. And they had to hold a sprig of verbena in their hand. (laughs) This is wildly specific. Yeah, dude. Also, think about how rich you had to be to have all these fucking rings for all the days of the week. And then all this string that you're just literally lighting on fire during the Middle Ages. So much string. Did they have string in the Middle Ages? Or was it like a Rumpelstiltskin thing well, that he made? There was like a guy that didn't have a tunic that day because they used all the string for the seance. <laughs> he was so cold. But <laughs> the spirits got to spell dick. So it was worth it. Totally worth it. And when I tell you, Nicole, that if I could make a living wearing one single piece of cloth, holding verbena, and just like burning a bunch of string with rings attached to it, I would absolutely do that. Ideal job right there. That's my dream job. Yeah. Same. So last but not least, the final tool of a seance, which I bet you forgot we were talking about because this was so convoluted, (laughs) is automatic writing. Have you ever tried this? I have. I knew you would have. It hasn't worked for me, though. No? I haven't tried it in a while, though. All right. Well, maybe try it. All right. So technically, using a talking board, and I guess also certain types of pendulums, is a form of automatic writing. But we're talking about actual, like, scary, like, pen-on-paper writing shit here. So to do automatic writing, you zone out. And you let a spirit guide your hand to physically write words on paper or slate or like whatever your writing medium slash method is. Maybe you're a hipster and you want to use a typewriter. That's fine, too. (laughs) That would be crazy, though. Yeah. 
The writing is produced involuntarily while the writer allows the spirit to move through them. You can choose to either be in a hypnotic trance or you can just space out and focus on something else and let it happen to your body. The writing can come in the form of full coherent pages of text, like you're in a horror movie and you're possessed by like, I don't know, what, a haunted Victorian child or something? Pazuzu. Yeah, definitely Pazuzu. (laughs) Or it can be random words, letters, or numbers that have to be interpreted by either yourself or a medium. And you just scribble away? Yep, forever and ever while your eyes roll back in your head and you run out of paper and you start carving it into your arm and it says like, I heart Pazuzu or whatever. (laughs) Pazuzu was here. (laughs) Oh, W-A-Z. W-A-Z for sure. For sure. All right. Well, as Noelle mentioned, the spiritualist movement gained popularity in the early 18th century leading into the 19th century. And along with the hordes of people lining up to communicate with their dead relatives came the skeptics. They always come. There's always a party pooper. Many accredited scientists in Europe and the U.S. did a lot of research into the movement and specifically seances, but a lot of them couldn't really agree if this was all just a hoax or if it was actually real. I don't think anyone can agree now. No. Sir William Crookes, who invented the cathode ray tube, which is basically why we have TVs, so... yeah. Thanks for that, Crux, because movies are life. Oh, dude, movies are freaking life. How else was I supposed to watch that weird show, Dinosaurs, that I don't know if I made up or not? The one with the... In the 90s. I'm the baby, gotta love me. Oh, it was real? It was real. Not the mama? Totally real. Not the mama. Totally, dude. It was real. Yeah, so thanks, guy. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for making that happen. But he also discovered a freaking element called thallium. What? Yeah, so he wasn't just, like, any scientist. I mean, this dude invented really, really awesome shit and also discovered an element. I'm not a regular scientist. I'm a cool scientist. Well, he was extremely interested in seances, and being the scientist that he was, he was extremely interested in investigating them to see what the fuck was up. He investigated several mediums, including Kate Fox, who we'll talk about next week, Florence Cook, and Daniel Douglas Holm, all three of which he declared to be authentic, a declaration that was later mocked by the scientific community. And I hate to say it, but for good reason. Daniel Holm was one of the world's most famous mediums. He even held seances for Queen Victoria and Napoleon III Mm. and other royals all around the world. That's pretty cool. He's like the Rasputin of England. He was known for levitating objects, including himself. Love it. That's just jumping, though, actually. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like, look what I can do. He could just jump really high. He was also known for materializing spirit hands and also playing instruments without touching them. Mm, You know, spirit hands were the precursor to the jazz hand. Jazzy. Spirit fingers. There it is. Superstar. There are some questions when it comes to whether or not home was authentic. While he was never truly caught or proven to be fooling people... Some claim that privately they knew he was tricking everyone and that his spirit hand Mm. was actually just a false limb. (laughs) 
<laughs> which it probably was. That's so sick. It's like a fake hand, and he's like putting it out of his elbow, like, what's this? What's going on here? Hey, guys. Crux did many scientific experiments with home that he claimed were proven without a doubt to be authentic. However, the scientific community ridiculed him for his lack of scientific controls. And sometimes Crux wouldn't be able to recreate his experiments. So there really wasn't anything to what he was doing. Okay. Well, if you can't recreate it. Yeah, exactly. It's not real. That's like science 101. Also, oftentimes, Home would use misdirection on Crux and would tell him, in order for these seances to work, you cannot be near me. Which I don't know about you, but that's a huge red flag. Oh, yeah. Like, he would just yell, like, what was that? And then throw <laughs> something in the corner while he was looking away. Yeah. And then he'd, like, tie something really quick and something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Crux also investigated a medium named Florence Cook. She was most known for her act of materializing her spirit guide named Katie King. Whoa, I love this. So what she would do is she would actually materialize a freaking person during her sessions. And this Katie King figure was supposedly a spirit from the spirit realm. I love this so much. Have you seen pictures of Katie King? I have. I love her. The spirit guide seems like it was probably just a person, though, because this guide was measured. It was weighed. And at one time, this ghost or spirit actually held a family's baby during a seance. Yeah. So actually, it was believed that this spirit guide was really just Florence herself. Yeah. Crux, however, devised a plan to try to debunk Florence Cook. One of his experiments included an electrical apparatus to see if Florence was, in fact, leaving her seat and masquerading as Katie King, the spirit guide. It was like definitely like a Robin Williams, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire situation. <laughs> it was. She's like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And then Katie King shows up. She's like, oh, hello. She's got pie in her face. And she's like, hello. Oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. And then Florence Cook comes back. She's like, was Katie here? That was crazy. What Florence would do is... She would go inside a spirit cabinet. Oh, okay. Literally placing herself in a cabinet away from anyone. And then all of a sudden, Katie, who was definitely not Florence, would emerge. Okay, I was making a joke earlier. No, you were spot on, dude. But she was Mrs. Doubtfire. You were, she was Mrs. Doubtfiring this entire fucking thing. She was Mrs. Doubtfiring the world. The whole time. Apparently, Crux was able to get a photograph of both Florence and Katie King at the same time, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, I think his girlfriend in Canada has it. (laughs) All I could find were pictures of this supposed Katie King, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it's definitely Florence because I've also seen pictures of Florence, and it's just 100% her. (laughs) It's like 100% her, dude. It's just totally her. It's no question. She doesn't even have prosthetics. Like, I mean, at least Robin Williams had that. She didn't even, like, put a wig on. No. She didn't try very she hard. She didn't try. No. She's like, oh, I happen to look exactly the same as Florence. <laughs> it's crazy, right? But when she was questioned, it was argued that since the spirit takes energy from the medium, they tend to resemble some features of the medium that they are sucking the energy from. That's pretty convenient. Yeah. Right. Isn't it? So basically, Crux 
Crux's apparatus indicated whether or not Florence had left her seat while she was in the spirit cabinet, which apparently he didn't find anything because he deemed Florence to be authentic. What if his device was actually a whoopee cushion? And, like, if she got up and then sat back down, it would make a farting noise, and it was really embarrassing. But she saw it, and she moved it away before she could Like, every set. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or she made sure to eat a bean burrito before the seance. <laughs> so when she sat down, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's so embarrassing. And, like, could just explain away the farts. That was totally the chair. It wasn't me. Katie, stop farting. I don't know if we're, like, sensing a trend here, though, but I think our guy, Sir William Crooks, just... Maybe should stick to TVs and finding elements because this whole debunking spirituality thing seems to get him a little confused. Oh, yeah. Especially by, like, these grifter medium types. Uh Uh-huh. Fully. Like, he's totally confused. But he's not the only one who was convinced. John Logie Baird, who actually developed television, also believed in these mediums. Why, what's with all these TV guys, man? Well, just wait. It gets even better. Okay, okay, okay. Also on the list is Alexander Graham Bell, who we probably all know as the inventor of the telephone. Ahoy, hoy. And, ooh, this is going to be a rough one. Gonna, we're going to try here. And Guglielmo Marconi. Guglielmo? Guglielmo Marconi. <laughs> His name is Guglielmo. It is Guglielmo. I like it. He was the inventor of the radio. Okay. And he was also into spiritualism and seances. Okay. So also sensing a trend here. We have the inventor of TV, telephone, and radio all believing in seances, which seems very on brand for all of them. And then they made a sitcom. That'd be nice. A sitcom with like a radio guy, a TV guy, and like a cell phone guy. A radio guy, a TV guy, and a cell phone guy walk into a bar. And hold a seance. There's no joke. It's just sad because they believe it's real. <laughs> yes. I do also want to talk about my favorite spiritual grifter, Helen Duncan. And she was a Scottish medium who was actually the very last person to be imprisoned under the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Whoa, really? Because she was found guilty of, well, basically being a spiritual grifter, which is super fucking metal, if you ask me. It's so metal and also kind of, if they're pinpointing her as a grifter, therefore she's not a witch, so let her go. Exactly. Yeah, hashtag free Helen Duncan. Exactly. Well, our girl Helen rose to fame because she started getting creative with her act and introduced a thing that we probably all know of, especially if you've seen Ghostbusters or Poltergeist, and that is ectoplasm. So cool. I said Helen was metal before, but this bitch would produce ectoplasm from her mouth while performing seances. There, Yeah, there's tons of old pictures of this ectoplasm thing that we'll post on social media. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed. This is my favorite part of a seance. It's so cool. It's fucking awesome. Well, anyways, this ectoplasm was later found to be cheesecloth, paper, toilet paper, and egg whites, all mixed together to give off the ectoplasm goo. See, what she would do is she would swallow this shit before a seance, and then she would regurgitate it up during the seance. So cool. 
I mean, people were dumb in the 1800s. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, so dumb. Dude, people are so dumb now. Super dumb. Yeah. But even dumber back then. But not so dumb as to not test the substance. And when they did, they found it was basically just cheesecloth and egg whites. Yeah. And poor Helen was donezo. With, like, little bits of vomit. Like, did you eat corn for lunch, Helen? What's happening here? Onions? Is that onions and ketchup. Why does it smell like an it onion? Smells, that's what it smells like. What were you eating? Seances and spiritualism gained so much popularity in the late 1800s that mail-ordering apparatuses to fake your own seance became a thing. That's so cool. You could buy rigged items to perform your own seance and scare your friends. I like it. I would buy that. Totally. Things such as fake spirit hands and (laughs) rigged tilting tables Uh were available, as well as a device to create ghostly sounds. Mm. But because of this and all of the mockery that was made of basically just performing seances, real mediums wanted to prove to the scientific community that it was all real and that it actually wasn't as fake as people thought it was. Many of them allowed themselves to be strapped and locked in spirit cabinets in order to prove that their spirit guide wasn't really just them parading around in a white dress, a la Katie King, <laughs> who still definitely wasn't Florence. No, wasn't she was her. not. Definitely I've never, not. I've never seen them in the same room at the same time, but definitely wasn't Florence. No, no. However, magicians came out and were like, yeah, you could totally fake all of this, and here's how. Which, I mean, come on, man. I thought a magician was never supposed to reveal their secrets. Well, sometimes they have to. One of those magicians being Harry Houdini. Harry, no! (laughs) Harry, yes. When his mother died, he was on a hunt for a real medium to communicate with her. Never finding one, he decided he was going to expose everyone for the frauds that they were. I have a fun story about Harry Houdini. Do you? Yes. So when Harry Houdini died, his wife turned heavily to spiritualism. Mm. And she would hold seance after seance trying to communicate with Harry Houdini. And she thought if there's one man, this is like almost a quote. I have have never written down, so it's not verbatim. Mm -hmm. But she said something like, if one man can escape the afterlife to come tell me he's okay, it's Harry Houdini. It's Harry Houdini. Yeah, so it kind of came full circle. Do you know how Harry Houdini died? I don't. Because I didn't, and I had to Google it. I actually Googled it while I was researching this because I was very, very, very interested. Yeah. Because I was like, did, did he die in doing a trick? No, he didn't. Okay. He died because his appendix burst. <laughs> what? And then it was, I don't know, whatever year he died, but it basically his appendix burst, and that was the end of him. And he's like, I'm not going to the hospital. Well, I think there are, like, weird circumstances surrounding it. Like, he did a trick before, so no one really knows if it's related. But it wasn't like he died in a trick or, like, some, like, super cool way. Like, his appendix just burst, and it was like, yep, he's dead now. Something that's, like, a 10-minute surgery now. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, super sad, Isn't that lame? Yeah, it's super I was hoping he was, like, I don't know, drowned in a box underwater or something. Right. That didn't happen. Well. Today, seances are not as popular as they once were in the late 1800s, but they are still around. People still want to believe in the idea that our loved ones are but a call away and that there is, in fact, an afterlife for us to journey to once we leave this plane. 
With new technology and scientific advancements, it isn't easy to pull the wool over someone's eyes today. In fact, there have been zero cases that have been proven to be authentic. But that doesn't stop people from still believing today. If you'd like to hear more about our thoughts on this topic, head on over and join our Patreon where we will be talking more about seances on the After Show with Nick and No. Hello, my earthly beings. Did you know that before 1920, you were allowed to send children through the U.S. parcel mail? Brings a whole new meaning to sending them to grandma's for the weekend. Anyways, here's some listener lore. This week's listener mail comes from Lauren. Hi, Lauren. She says, hi, exclamation point. Your recent Tylenol podcast made me think of something that happened near where I lived a few years ago. In 2016, a man was spraying rat poison on grocery store salad bars and produce in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I don't really remember hearing that anyone died or got super sick, but I do do remember hearing, hearing about it all over the news and seeing salad bars shut down at my local grocery store. And then she included a link, which I read. It is very fucking sad. That is such a fear of mine because anyone just touches all of the vegetables and produce. Like, oh yeah, don't eat. Well, first off, don't eat at buffets. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> don't so eat good. salad bars. Don't do it. They're so good. COVID. Also, rat poison? Question mark. Yeah. She continues. Honestly, if you think about it, produce is just sitting out there and anyone can yes. tamper with it. Yes. It's not something that I ever would have thought about since it's just so normal. But because of this, I will never eat a salad from a salad bar at a grocery store, which I think they're all closed right now because of COVID. Or the soup that sits out. No, thank you. I love that soup, though. I never thought about that. That's like my go-to for lunch when Do people go, like, I'm in the office. In. People I know. are fucked up, too. They have they a salad bar shit. in my office. I mean, I'm not in the office currently, but that's like my go-to lunch spot. Mm-mm. Not happening anymore. Just wanted to share one more thing to worry about in this messed up (laughs) world that we live in. You're welcome. Smiley face, Lauren. Oh, thank you, Lauren. I can never eat at a salad bar ever again. Can't wait to have nightmares about Golden Corral later. (laughs) Don't go to Golden Corral anyways. (laughs) Don't go to there. Uh, If you want to scare the shit out of us and make us no longer eat salads for lunch... (laughs) Feel free to write in with your own story to quiteunusualpod at gmail.com or, as always, sweet babies, you can slippery slide into our DMs, which stands for direct message. A lot of people don't know that. On all of our social media accounts, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on, it seems like a rap, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Google, no we're not, what are we on? I don't even know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Boom. Right Done. All the things? All the things. We're on all the stupid social meds at Quite Unusual Pod. So hit us up there to tell us your spooky stories. We also have a Patreon. We so do. if you want to join our Patreon, we do some pretty cool things on that too. But we also have a couple new members of the coven to welcome. Welcome to EVD and Rose O. Yes, welcome to the coven. We are so happy to have you. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye.
And this is the part of the show where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the podcast, and all-around benevolent beings. To Spencer W., who has genetically modified a tomato to taste like bacon. Mm. His method, you must first zombify a goat, Mm. then allow the goat to lick the tomato plant on the first full moon of the harvest season. We don't know why it works, but this has substantially cut down on the BLT ingredients consumed worldwide. Smart. Very smart. To Tim M., speaking of plants, Tim runs a little shop of horrors called The Horror Culturist. Savannah L., an immortal being who is the true composer of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Turns out, he used automatic writing to compose it. (gasps) What a cheater! To Samantha P., the captain of a haunted riverboat tour, Samantha is the only living being on the ship, and unfortunately her soul will be trapped there forever, but wow, the costumes she gets to wear are so cute it's almost worth it. Totally worth it. Lauren R., a world-renowned thief, known far and wide for stealing priceless gems. <gasps> they even sunk the Titanic to get the heart of the ocean, Sapphire. The iceberg was the fall guy. Well, good thing Britney Spears' boyfriend got it for her out of the ocean. Well, baby, he went back and got it for her. You shouldn't have. <laughs> To Kaylee O, a member of a secret society, so secret, you'll never even know that it was a society that exists in secret, because they'll never want you to know the secrets of their society. Say secrets one more time. Secret society, secret society. Jess H, being held as a prisoner on Venus, the Venusians have but one term for her release. They want the secret recipe for Coca-Cola. Never going to happen. We will miss you, Jess. Just like mix cocaine and water. It's the same thing. Practically the same thing. To Evan K. No one knows his true height because he is actually a changeling that uses his powers to get taller Hmm. or shorter, depending on the occasion. Like when his partner dresses up and wears high heels. Bam! Three inches taller. That is a convenient trait to have, I will say. KTT, the sole proprietor of a dive bar built in Jeffrey Dahmer's old apartment. I heard the frozen zombies are to die for, but I wouldn't trust three-meat chili. Too bad I'm very hungry. Mm, Skip on that one. To Adam Kay, who invented a new sport, or maybe it's a food? He calls it the haunted holiday handball, and... Honestly, I'm game to try it either way. Sounds delicious. Or fun. Christina N. went on a recon mission to Scotland to liberate Nessie. Old Nessie has been hiding in the water for so long, her flippers got wrinkly. Great job, Christina. Great job. To Kelsey C., who used her time machine to go back and solve the Black Dahlia case. Mm. Unfortunately, though, a frog jumped in at the last moment, their DNA got combined, and now Kelsey has webbed toes. Lucky for the frog, it now has a super cute pedicure. That sounds like a movie I saw once. Mm. Can't really place the name of it, though. Mm. 
Never mind. Thank you to all our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We're nothing. And we're not worthy. We are not worthy. We're not worthy.